welcome to the Embrace Your Light podcast. We are your hosts, Rebecca Lyons and Daniel Massey. And every week, we are going to take you on a journey filled with spiritual exploration, inspiration, and expansion. Each week, we will guide you down the path of ancient spiritual wisdom and new age enlightenment from some incredible guides so that you can continue your spiritual journey with ease, grace, and a little bit of fun. This week, we have a very, very special guest. We have Timela Garcia, better known as Chakra Mama Healing, who is a Kundalini and Hatha Yoga teacher and author of the God's Field Companion Book of Chakras. Timela is also an experienced and accredited holistic therapist who offers a range of ancient practices such as Reiki, EFT, sacred sound, kundalini, and hatha yoga, promoting well-being. She's a passionate therapist dedicated to helping clients move through a wide range of physical, emotional, and spiritual transitions in the most efficient and transformative way possible. She loves empowering patients to understand their bodies and discover the gentle power of the healing arts. Tamela bridges the gap between Western medicine and the alternatives while providing a safe and nurturing atmosphere in which to heal. So Tamela, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We're thrilled to have you. Why don't we start off and just like get right into it? Why don't you tell us about your first spiritual awakening? Hello, ladies. Um, Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me here today. It's such a pleasure. And uh, yes, this is my first podcast. I'm very, very excited and a little bit nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you very much. Um, So yes, well, first of all, before I go into the how my awakening happened, let's try to understand what actually a spiritual awakening is. So a spiritual awakening is as a sustained and intelligent inner movement that brings us towards the spiritual um, truth, and spiritual freedom. And during that process, we are uh, facing different type of challenges exp- or challenging experiences that allow us to open up towards the truth because the spiritual awakening is about coming into truth, to the light, to oneness. And in my opinion, spiritual awakening is conscious and unconscious. So an unconscious awakening will be when is due to a big event in your life, isn't it? It's when is through um, an accident or separation or divorce or, you know, illness. So those are the uh, unconscious awakening. And through that trauma, that experience, you have been pushed into towards the, the truth, right? Into that conscious path. But in my case, it was actually a conscious decision, and but obviously it was evol- that conscious decision evolved. So I just started practicing yoga uh, back in two thousand and eight. So that's how I just start touching 
the surface of spirituality. I was just a normal girl, mid 20 years old. No, I'm, uh, yeah, just uh, early 30s when I started practicing yoga. But I was doing it more for uh, physical, from the physical point of view and, you know, the benefits to the physical body. I didn't know much about spirituality, even though my mom is a very well-known spiritual person back in my country. And uh, so, yes, that's how I just started. And obviously, throughout my life, when I was facing these challenging moments, I was becoming more aware of that non-physical part of myself that requires attention and nourishing. And that is the spiritual, that, you know, that spirit, that soul within us. So... I didn't have, I know there are people that say, oh, my spiritual awakening happened on the 5th of September, 1998, or something like that. I don't have a day. And also, as you probably, you know, a spiritual awakening is not just a, a case of a week or month or year. It's just something that happens for the rest, you know, for so many years, a long term. So I, I'm still, I'm awake, person. I'm one of the awakened um, people, uh, person out there. Um, and yeah, it's important to know that also there are different um, signs that tells you what actually a spiritual awakening is. So I make a little list because I would like to share that with you. Thank and you. Yes. If that's okay. So signs of a spiritual awakening <laughs> are profound sense of love for everyone. And that loss of sense of individuality and a feeling of oneness with all life. So this is one of the first things that I noticed in my spiritual awakening, that I was becoming more aware of the people around me. That individuality, it drops and then you start becoming like one, you start understanding that we are just one. One of the other signs of spirituality is the ability to connect with other realms. There is an explosion of understanding about reality and spiritual truth. Also, there is a deep experience of peace and, and loss of uh, desires. Again, that's something that happens to me. I had, I, I've been working in retail for so many years, and because of that, I... I accumulate a lot of, you know, designer stuff and material stuff. And one of the first signs of important signs of a spiritual awakening is when you drop that material life, you start becoming less and less, and you become more minimalistic. You are more conscious about sustainability and waste in the world and helping others. So, you know, that, that tells you how from one extreme you can go to the other. And there is a shift of, obviously, consciousness. And that is what, you know, a spiritual awakening is. And, yeah, it's, it's interesting, this question, because, you know, there is a surge of energy, other sensations um, that, that are moving through your body like an energy as well. So you start becoming more aware, not only just of your physical body, but you're also aware of that other part of your body, that energy body. So that's, that's actually how it happened. I started becoming practicing, and through my practices, I just started becoming closer and in touch 
with that non-physical part of the self. And that yoga practice that started as a physical, it started becoming what yoga is all about. It's a spiritual, mental, and physical practice. Um, and that's what I am now, you know, after I started in 2008, I'm now a yoga teacher, written a book. I'm very into my uh, healing arts and also, you know, so that's how. <laughs> that's beautiful. Thank you so much because that's so like so beautiful for us to add to the podcast because we ask every guest about spiritual awakenings, but we haven't even explained what a spiritual awakening is. So that's so amazing. Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you probably should have done that right at the beginning, right? Yeah, we probably should. So thank you, Mel. <laughs> I really want to ask you, what did you do before? Like when, when you went to yoga and I guess you started it as like um, a hobby or like a, a fitness uh, form yeah. of, of working out, you know, um, what did you do before? What was your life like before? Cause I know you now and how you are now. And obviously spirituality and healing is, is such a, is, is so big in your life. Right. So yes. what were you like before? You know, um, it's funny because I, I go into yoga because I saw a friend of mine posting on Facebook um her yoga practice and what she was able to do with her body and the way she loved and the passion for her practice is just something like oh my god i want some of that look what she can do a handstand oh my god i can do this i want to do that i want to be strong i want to have the body it was purely physical at the beginning um but back to your question um you know, I was just a normal girl, you know, a normal girl there, just going out, drinking, partying, not very conscious. As I said, my mom is super spiritual, but it was, I was not in touch with that part of me. I was, no, I was very much into the physical material world. And uh, my career, I was originally um, a buyer, a junior buyer for a big corporation. And then when I moved in, into the UK, I started working in retail. So I became a retail for luxury, apparel, lingerie, accessories. I became a retail manager. And 2020, I know it's been, well, it was a very challenging year for most of us, but it was the best year for me uh, in so many ways. And, uh, and I'm looking at more oh, from the spiritual aspect, how I have grown from in that, in that year of 2020. So that's the, the year when I decided to finally, after 23 years of retail, 20 years of retail, I decided to drop it for good. And it was a huge, I was, I was still kind of, I knew that was, I had to go that way. At some point I need to detach for the retail management. I have grown so much, I have expanded so much. And so into, as you say, into the healing arts and spirituality that I just wanted to be doing that. So I made a decision because COVID accelerated, pushed me there. I made a decision to, in the middle of a global pandemic to, to quit my well-paid, you know, um, um, job as a retail manager for a top a brand, and uh, and then I dedicated fully to to my yoga. I became 
a yoga teacher, registered yoga teacher uh, last year as well. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's how I got here. <laughs> that's amazing. And I think we've heard a lot of stories like that this past year of the pandemic waking people up to the things that they definitely don't want to do anymore. And we saw a lot of people making shifts. So good for you for being able to step into your power and do the thing that you were meant to do. It's so cool. I'm really curious about your mom because you brought her up a couple of times and you keep talking about how she's so spiritual and I, I want to know everything about her. Uh, well, oh, thank you. Uh, my mom is very sweet. My mom, she was a beautician. And she had a salon in Venezuela. And I remember a very young age, my mom um, going to this salon and you know being with her and stuff like that. What happened, my mom had a spiritual awakening, a proper one. I never discussed it with my mom, but I know she did. And what happened through that spiritual awakening, she started um, going to metaphysics and all these kind of um, um, spiritual activities. And she started developing a clairvoyance ability to see beyond what we can see in the physical reality. She was very much in touch with higher realms and she was meditating. And I remember my mom, she would say, I'm going to meditate. And she would close the door and she would say, do not flush the toilet. Do not make noise. Don't do this because my mom will do astral traveling, astral travels. Mm -hmm. So she will go and visit someone that have asked her to do. So my mom is quite high up in terms of spirituality. My mom became very, very popular that that to see my mom, you have to wait three months to, to get an appointment with her. And she doesn't advertise. She's 76. She doesn't advertise, never advertised herself. She doesn't know about social media or anything like that. It's all worth math. Wow. And, um, and I've been in a queue in, a ba- in the bank and the people behind me were talking about my mom. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. It's like, oh my God, that's my mom. Everybody, you know, even here in London, I have met people and because my name is very unusual and it's my, my mom's name. When, I heard, when they heard Timela, they know, oh, there is a Timela in Venezuela. She is amazing. She's a witch, she's amazing. <laughs> And, that, and that's how, and when I, when I left Venezuela 20 years ago, my mom gave me a stone, my mom gave me a crystal. That was my first crystal. And she gave me an amethyst. Um, she, that, that's the stone as well for the travelers. And she said to protect you and to be with you. But me being me, you know, free spirits, all hippie, all party, la la la, I, you know, I just don't know where the stone went, but the stone will turn up a few times in my life. And I moved, I, I was living in Spain before I came to UK and the stone will travel with me and everything. And it will go and I never, and it, or sometime it just pop on a table until a few years, few years ago, if it pop again. And that is when I finally took and I gave it the respect and the love that that stone deserve and represent it. And, uh, and that from that moment, that's when I kind of started leading and I have, it was like a, a light, that touch of that stone and getting, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but that was the, I think the tipping point, that moment when everything just came together and it started walking in that way. 
So yes, um, that's a lovely story. That's actually very, very true as well. <laughs> that is so cool. I'm so glad that you shared that with us. And I had goosebumps the whole time you were speaking about that. Wild. Yes, thank you. So um, Mel and I met just after my birthday last year. And so 2020, and I was going through like a, a, a dark patch, I would say, like things kept going wrong in my eyes at the time. And I was like exhausted and just things just weren't seeming to go smoothly. And then I saw Mel's um, Gasho meditation, 21 day meditation challenge. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. I need to do this. And I did it. And it's the first time that I've meditated for 21 days in a row um, in my life. And ever since that day, like I think we started on the 19th of, of October or something like that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And ever since that day, I just feel like such transformation in my life. Like seriously. So I'm so grateful to you for that. Thank you. <laughs> And when we were doing the, the the challenge, that's when you told me that you're writing a book. Yeah, you were the first ones to know because it was not announced or anything. It was just still, I was just submitting my book. And I remember telling you girls, you are the first ones to know. I'm very busy. I'm submitting. Um, yeah, and I've written a book. And you want me to tell you how that happened as you like my stories? <laughs> yes, yes, please. <laughs> I was, this is March, 2020, sometime March, 2020. And I was on my break, my lunch at work. And I was at the back and I was going through my emails and I saw this email that says, um, hi Mel, just uh, following up the email that I sent you last week regarding the book and stuff. And I said, what is this? That must be a scam. That's a scam. That's not for me. But I looked into the junk mails and there was an email that I almost missed it. And there was the invitation to, they'd been commissioned to me to write a book. And then I saw the name Octopus Publisher and the address and the telephone. I said, oh my God, I mean, this is real. So I went back to the email and I say, oh my God, yes, of course, we need to talk. I'm not a writer. First of all, English is not my first language. And I, I will need a lot of help in editing and grammar and stuff. And she would say, yeah, no, that's fine, Mel. And, um, and yes, she, come, she got me, um, she got to me through an event I did. Um, early in the year and she attended the event and she felt something really special on that in that in that moment that she said wow you know these girls there is something that's what she told me and then when the opportunity came she approached me and she said we would like you to write a book 60,000 words book about chakras and I said right that sounds like a lot anyway that was in March in July I completely submitted the whole manuscript of wow that was so I wrote that book during the COVID the pandemic and um, and it was so much going on I I went through several breakdowns writing a book um, you know I had to do the work I was doing my yoga teacher training everything happened at the same time I was leaving my company but I also I had to still work for another two months ah, it was so much when it was very overwhelming. 
but at that in a way kind of inspired me to continue writing and more things were popping up in my head as I was writing. And I remember I sacrificed so much as well because it was a lovely time when people were going through the summer. There was a lovely summer in London uh, last year and everybody was gathering in the, in the parks. And I couldn't go, not even one day, because I was sitting from early morning until late at night or early morning writing a book because I had such a short period of time to write in three months, four months to yeah, write. Yeah, I was going to say, did they give you a deadline? Did they give you like yeah. a time frame? Uh, yeah, because yeah. that's really short. <laughs> I know, I know. And 60,000, it just, it, it was, it was too much. It's, so they gave me three deadlines. So I have to submit three deadlines. So May, June and July was the, the deadline to submit. So I submitted it and then of course, more people joining the book and there were more editors and this and that. And then they came back, they sent it back to me to rewrite or to add, etc. And that's how we started working now more as a team after I submitted the manuscript. And there were revisions of the layout, illustrations, and uh, and that's that's it. So now it's just I just need to sit and wait <laughs> next year. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> As you're talking about that, I feel myself getting stressed out because I'm writing a book right now, and it has been like, geez, it must be like eight months I've been writing this book, and I have maybe a quarter of it. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> that is magic. <laughs> I know, I know. Thank you. No, congratulations writing your book. Um, yeah, you know, taking, I, I think it's just the fact I had the pressure of the, um, the, the publisher. And, um, and also I was writing something that is funny. As when you write a book, you start learning as well a lot of things, you know, you do your research, you say, and you remember things. Um, I think that COVID, and because we were in a lockdown, really, it just, I think it was just the perfect time to write a book. And I didn't ask for it. I never, never asked to write a book. It wasn't on my agenda. Everybody was talking about book. It was not in my agenda whatsoever. And, but it just, the universe just said it, just said it, just sent it to me, just like that. Boom. It wasn't your plan, the universe's plan. Yes. How does it feel to be an author then? How does it feel? You know, I, uh, it feels, it feels surreal. It doesn't feel actually real just yet. Uh, But I, something of, one of the things that I learned while I was writing a book is that anyone can be and publish author, anyone. As long as you have knowledge of anything, it could be actually your own life. The, the, the fact that you have knowledge of anything, then you can be a published author. And if I did that, this is not, I write in a book, that 304 pages book in another language, which is not mine, my language, in an area that yes, I'm very passionate. I have studies, experience as a therapist, passionate about it still you know this is a full complete guide where I have put things that I learned from my mom when you know all the rituals and things that coming from South America I have put that I blend it with the book as well that little knowledge I thought I said you know this is a one-time opportunity and I need to 
let the people know this is what I know and this is how I learned it through my mom, herbs and medicine and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was beautiful. I can't believe it just yet. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about chakras and some of the things that might end up in the book? Yes, well, so the book is it's called The Godsfield Companion, Book of Chakras, because it's a series of different books that will be about meditation, crystals, yoga, chakras, etc. So I was commissioned to write the book of chakras. Now, in in this book of chakra, I do own a, a lot of text about chakras, auras, energy healing, and uh, and in this book, I I just added absolutely everything from rituals, um, how to set up an, alth- an altar, how to do the meditation. I blend some of the yoga practices, breathing practices mudras, chanting. So it's a complete guide because usually when you grab a book of chakras, it's just about the chakras, what they are, the colors, the elements, etc., And what you can do to unblock and stuff like that. I actually put a quiz. There is a quiz on the book so people can assess themselves and say, oh God, yeah, I'm really, really, and I feel it that way. So in that book, I'm just giving people the tools for them to, to practice at home easily. There's, as I said, so many different ways, practices that I put in there, meditation, breathing techniques, mudras, a little bit of everything. And, and I think, in my opinion, it's such a complete guide in terms, you know, manual or guide. So, yes, I hope people enjoy and people really, uh, you know, find it practical in their daily life. It sounds amazing. Can you tell us... When, was it when you started practicing yoga that you learned about chakras or did you know before? And do you like daily check your chakras? Are you very connected to your chakras? Do you think it's important for people to really know what they're like seven, the like the seven chakras, the main, the main chakras, I guess they call them, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I know about the chakras through my mom. My mom was the first one who brought the word chakra at home. I heard it from my mom. Oh, the chakras, these. Oh, let me just give you that. That's this such and such chakra. And then um, my mom had a lot of books and texts around. And um, and one of the first books that I read was the Deepak Chopra books or texts. And, um, and he names, obviously, all the chakras and the energies, and we are um, spiritual beings. So that's how I kind of was exposed to that spiritual world. However, I don't know. I think I was not connecting. I felt I have few experiences that, like a psychic experiences, and I just walk away because I got fr- frightened about it. Um, but then... When he be, if he belongs to you, so if it's meant to be, then you will get to that at the right time. So, yeah, so that's how I discovered, I knew about the chakras through my mom. And, yeah, I knew sometimes I did a few things, but no major stuff. Um, it was when I started working, obviously, I in, in the yoga, I wasn't much about the spirituality, I was doing more about the physical side of it. But after, before yoga, no, sorry, do yoga, I go into Reiki. 
And in Reiki, we work with the chakras. So that's how I first kind of got really more into the chakras when I became a, a Reiki practitioner because we balance the chakras and we need to know about the chakras. But still, I was not satisfied. I needed to learn, I needed to learn more. I needed to, to know more. So then I studied, I prepared more. I studied more. I became a certified holistic practitioner. I did the AFT, sacred sound, and the chakras are always involved. The chakras are always part or major part in the healing arts or spirituality. And, um, and then uh, after practicing so many years yoga, I went, I went, I, I was just leaning into the spiritual yoga style, which is Kundalini. Kundalini is the most um, spiritual type of yoga. And even though I was doing Hashtanga, which is very physical, uh, I said, okay, I've got the opportunity to become a yoga teacher. You see, Ashtanga or Kundalini yoga? No, it's Kundalini. I need to know about chakras. It, it was, you know, the universe always has a divine plan for you. I used to call um, Holistic Mind UK. That was my handle in social media. That's how people knew knew about me. And that's what opened, opened the door to me to do a lot of festivals, yoga retreats, etc. It was amazing. Holistic Mind was a great part. And then I decided to change my handle into Chakra, Ma Chakra Mama Healing. And I was kind of calling it. Can you, can you see the pattern? I was actually leaning into that energy of the chakras. I changed my name because I just wanted and I chose Chakra Mama Healing. And then after that, I got the book and also I got my Kundalini Yoga teacher training. So the chakra, it was just, you know, very much involved. Chakras, back to your question, Becky. Chakra is a big part of my life. I breathe, <laughs> I eat, I dream chakras. And once you get in touch with them and everything, uh, there's nothing that I don't, don't do in my life that is not thinking about the chakras or how it's affecting my chakras or how can I improve. Oh, I didn't say that, that is this chakra, whatever. So it's always around the chakras. If there is someone really passionate about the chakra, the, the seven main chakras of, in the human body, I, I'm one of them really because I just really do and practice and you've been in one of my, you've been in some of my practices as well. And um, so yes, I, I'm always uh, tapping into the energy of the chakras, so important. <laughs> For those people who are listening to this who are not familiar with the chakras because they're very new into this world and what would you have to say to them about them? What should they know about the chakra system? Well, so yeah, it's very complex as the physical body it is, but the best way to describe to you what it is, is to start understanding that we are more than just a physical body. We are made of energy. We are made of atoms and electrons and, and those energies within ourselves is the, what it reflects and manifests. So that combination or that unity of the energy makes matter. All matter in the world, in the universe, is um, formed by energy. 
and there are different type of uh, energy frequencies or vibrations. So the, the lowest vibration will solidify and manifest as a, as a matter, as matter. So we are matter. Everything that you see around you, the microphone, the table, all that is made of energy, everything in the universe, the planets. Um, and also the, the higher the vibration is, the faster, the more subtle, subtle energy, subtle, that's more spiritual. So the chakras are present in us. And this is a, a knowledge that we know based on the ancient India, on the you know, yogi traditions. It originated in India. And thousands, 5,000 years ago, the chakras being around longer than we can imagine. But uh, we know the chakras, well, the chakras that we know are just the modern type of chakras. Now, the chakras are the seven. Um, uh, there are about 114 chakras, Whoa. right? But the seven, the, the seven major, um, the ones we always talk, is the ones, the seven that are actually in our physical body. And um, because they are, um, if they influence our organs, our system, our life experiences, because they are in our body. The other, other chakras, the rest of the chakras, they are on the outside or on the below us. And we have minor chakras. They are in the hands, on the knees, on the feet. But the seven main chakras, they are linked to the most principal organs in our bodies because they're location. So the chakras are vortices of energy or wheels of energies that they are in constant communication between our energy body, our physical body, and the world around us with that energy. Because everything, as I say, everything in this universe is energy. And this is something that you can't deal with it from the physical plane or the physical level. It has to be from energy to energy. So this is why the emotions that we feel, the thoughts that we have, the experiences in here is all based on how the energy or the flow of energies in our chakra is, is happening or what's happening in our chakra system. So they are responsible for a lot of things, for all the decisions that you make and the decision that you had to make this to do this podcast is based on your chakras and everything, the food that you eat, the, the people that you hang out with, the job that you career, the, the car that you just bought, that color is, everything is based on the, in the chakra system, believe it or not. Uh, but we are just so focused on our physical world and our physical body that we have completely, you know, dismissed that there is a beautiful universe complete, entire, beautiful, powerful universe within us. And that energy, which is Chakti, or that creative energy is Kundalini is within us. And it's sitting at the bottom of the chakra, uh, Muladhara. And that energy, we need to bring it up because it's just there. And until that energy, it doesn't come up, we're gonna be living in this very dense type of energy, physical, material, ego world, that energy. When the Kundalini rises, we're becoming more conscious. We are more aware. So I hope that answers your- That's beautiful. I feel like so high, 
high energy just listening to that. And I know I've studied the chakras and it's so incredible what you learn, like what it means when you're in balance, when you're out of balance, the colors, um, how to get back into balance, like uh, Kundalini, um, like Kundalini practices for particular chakras and so random. But I really want to ask you if you have a favorite chakra and if you ever have a chakra that you find you're always working on, like there's one chakra that you you find is like the one that you're always having to get into balance or it, and what chakra you just love, like, I don't know, your heart chakra or something. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. It's, <laughs> it's funny, what's your favorite chakra? It's like, uh, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think people resonate more with the energy of certain chakras because each chakra holds their own power and energy. I, I'm very related to the sacral Swadhisthana chakra or sacral chakra. This is the chakra that is the, is the second chakra is located just below the navel center. It's associated with the element water. So it's very emotional and it's represented by the color orange. And this chakra, it, it oversees all the organs of you know reproduction organs, the hip areas, the guts, and the sacred space, the womb. So it's very emotional, it's very mothery, it's nurturing, but it's also very sensual, sexual, and uh, I'm very creative, and I'm a very creative person. And if I want people to rem to remember me once I'm gone, I want people to remember. Oh, Mel, she was very creative. She was. She had this thing, this bababu or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she was sassy. She was had this bababu. So I think uh, I resonate a lot with the sacral chakra, and I find myself doing a lot of practices unconsciously. Oh, I'm gonna do this hip movement. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do. Oh. I'm always towards the, you know, leaning into that energy. I want to explore it. And the brow chakra, third eye chakra, Ajna, which is the chakra of wisdom. It's a spiritual chakra. It's about wisdom, dream, awareness, knowledge, consciousness. So I like to tap into that energy and meditate because it takes me to places and connects you know, through the chakras, you can connect as well to all those higher realms. So doing these practices, I just kind of, it's like a portal in between this realm, physical realm and the spiritual realm. If you tap into that energy and you connect with that energy, you can, so I have experienced so much beautiful things and um, through this chakra, yeah. That's the chakra that I usually have the most issues with. Like I had cervical cancer before. And when I was growing up, I always was like leaning into being a tomboy and everything was hustle, hustle, hustle. And now I've made like a full flip to the other side where I'm like really flowy and creative and all the things that you just said now resonate with me so deeply. I'm just laughing to myself that 10 years ago, if you would have told me that would resonate with me, I would have told you you were nuts. <laughs> it's wild how things can change when we change our own energy and change where we're putting our energy. Absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah. Where, where your attention goes, your energy goes. And that's true. And the chakras are very psyche. They are from Tantra. They originate in Tantra and Tantra is the, 
is the occult occult part of the Hinduism. Is that mystic, spiritual? So everything that's spiritual in yoga is coming from tantra and Kundalini coming from tantra. The chakras of tantra. So yeah, very mystical, very psyche, and just when you are connecting, just visualizing the chakras, people don't think, but you are actually driving your attention to that particular chakra, your energy goes in there. And um, yes, for example, that you resonate now with the chakras quality, the sacral chakra qualities means that, yeah, you are in flow, you are into that sort of energy, which is, um, is good because that chakra is all about flowing. It's about like the water, it just goes and flows and dance and it's all more divine and sensual. And look at me, I'm just kind of talking about it and it's just moving like the waves, like a waves in the ocean. I wish people could like see us instead of it just being on a podcast. Was, all of us are just like swaying back and forth. Like, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And and something that has really transformed my life and I know has transformed Danielle's as well is, is Kundalini Yoga. And I'm just finding now that almost all of the amazing people I have around me are practicing Kundalini Yoga. Well, that's good because welcome. <laughs> Kundalini goddess. Welcome to the um, Kundalini Club. Yes, Kundalini chakras. Um because Kundalini is arising. Kundalini now is arising. So there are more people practicing. There is a there is a boom in terms of Kundalini. And the best way to to describe this is back in the days when I was doing practicing regular I was a very regular practitioner of Ashtanga. And uh, and I used to go to a very famous popular uh, yoga studios in London. And I remember seeing the Kundalini classes, two or three people in there, and I would say, who would go into that class? Look at them all, dressing in white. Who wants to go in there? That sounds boring. No, 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 I need to do a shtanga. When you do handstands and all, you know, uh, splits and all that. No, who wants to go into that? That's boring. I'm never, I will never go. And we'll be like, oh, Kundalini, no, I'm not going there. I'm interested. And this is how you see how the energy now, how the awareness is, the Kundalini is arising, the divine feminine is arising. And we are becoming more aware that the existence of that power within. So, yeah, I love Kundalini. I do Kundalini every day. I've done it today, three hours of Kundalini. I feel like, oh my God, you know, I'm aching everywhere because it's quite intense. Yeah, yeah, Kundalini, Kundalini, I wouldn't go. I love all the yoga styles. I've done vinyasa, rocket, hot yoga, ashtanga, hatha yoga, love it. But nothing like Kundalini. Kundalini transform you just like that. You know, it's just, uh, wow. You need to... I can't explain. You need to experience the Kundalini class. And, so yeah. it's all very internal, isn't it? So the experience is, and that's why it's called the Kundalini is the yoga of awareness because, and and most of the, the practices, the kriyas that you do, you do with your eyes closed. Is this a practice that you do with your eyes closed? Because it's, there is so much going on and happening in your body right now. So you need to really dive in to, to experience you know, where your body and that practice is taking you at that moment, right time. So, yeah, beautiful. 
Thank you so much, Sumila. It's been amazing having you on the podcast. If anyone listening wants to get in touch with you, how can they find you on social media and your website? Oh, well, thank you very much. I mean, I love to hear, guys. Can we do this more often? Okay. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> no, no, no. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, it's just been amazing. I just love, um, obviously, it's been a lovely afternoon talking to you guys um yeah so if anyone wants to get in touch with me um you can uh, find me on instagram which i'm very active there um as chakra mama healing so very easy to remember the handle chakra mama healing in social media also on facebook just type chakra mama i will be there um on my website again www.chakramamahealing.com <laughs> and uh, and yeah so um, that's where I am and please reach out if, you know for anything that you want to ask or just say hi it'd be amazing connecting with people that's what I like amazing thank you so much again and I can't wait to have you back on in the future and congratulations again on the book I cannot wait to read it Oh, yes, thank you. thank you. I cannot wait either. August, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do this uh, just before I go. I've launched a um, online course as well. Mm, it's already live. Course. Yeah, it's a, it's a chakra chanting and mudra meditation. So I combine the sound of this chanting, the chakra, bija mantras, combined with the mudras, which are our hand gestures. And I also use the musical sounds or notes to resonate with the chakra. So it's a very rare and unique online course and you can find it in Wonder on Wanderlust TV website. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much. We'll have the links for all of these things with the podcast right in there so that anyone who wants to find you or to take that new course will know exactly where to go. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Amazing. Thank you ladies so much. (laughs) Thank you. And take care. I'll see you soon. Thank you everyone. Everyone tuning in. We'll see you soon. Love and light. Bye.